Good morning, folks. It is in the morning here in Calgary, Alberta. So it, for most of you, uh, you guys are probably uh, Eastern Standard Time uh, at 6 a.m. just so that I could be here for my great dear friend, um, Kente. Um, so I am super tired because if anyone knows me, I am normally uh, working late at night and then I sleep and then I wake up in the morning. So uh, you have to excuse me if I'm a little bit rusty. But um, when it comes to the camera, the microphone, which I got right here, if, or do, where is my microphone? Is it, is it here? Did it fall off? Okay, I got my microphone right here. So we're ready. Ready. Um, we had a guest uh, for this show uh, for Hustle Zone, but um, I guess our guest, uh, um, they live in Detroit, I think, and they do snow plowing and there was a huge snowfall. So um, they couldn't make it for uh, today's show. So I thought that I would talk to you guys about social media marketing and um, more on the organic search side, because as you know, or if you don't know, my name is Ryan Perez. I'm owner and founder of Bowtie Creative. Um, and this is my, um, and we have a slogan, go live and prosper, because we do specialize in um, putting together live streams, etc. cetera. Uh, we also specialize in um, developing websites, uh, graphic design, branding, uh, we do consultation. So um, please, folks, if you guys have any questions today, I'd be happy to answer them because I really want to help people, you know, with their marketing. Um, hold on one second. I'm pulling up the wrong slide. And please write down this this phone, this um, write down this phone number. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see it on the screen here, but let me just see if I can. Um, it's 1-800 or sorry, 1-855-477-8499. And that is my, um, that is my, that is my company's phone number. If you guys can see it right there. Um, so I, I give, a, I give a free 15 minute to 30 minute consultation. Uh, I'd be happy to, to hear from you guys if you guys have any questions about social media marketing. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I've been in social media marketing and doing online marketing um, for quite some time. I started off as a graphic designer. Um, I was, uh, I believe I was 17 years old when I started doing graphic design. And then, you know, 16 later, um, you know, I'm I have a full-fledged marketing company and I've been freelancing for all this time and started uh, my business full-time five years ago. Um, we're going on our sixth year and I've always been on the edge of social media, always trying to figure it out, always trying to find new ways of putting myself out there and helping my clients do the same, you know, and what's so funny is that I never got a, um, like a college education. Uh, all my education was online, taking online courses and, and whatnot. But a lot of it was me just testing things out on my own. And that always gave me the ad ad advantage. And anyone that knows me uh, knows that I'm always testing. I'm always putting something new out there. I'm always changing my name or changing something uh, just because I want to see how things work and I want to see how people interact with, with my brand. Uh, and um, the recent growth hack I could say is, uh, Instagram. Instagram is 
a really powerful tool right now. Uh, and I found myself migrating over to Instagram um, because Facebook algorithms changed. Uh, if anyone knows, uh, if anyone knows the uh, Facebook, they you know they just uh, they implemented their um, their Facebook Live uh, feature about two and a half years ago, right after Blab and Blab is a social media platform. It died, and that's how we were all kind of going live. Uh, once that died, we all flocked to Facebook, and then Facebook realized too much content marketers, and they changed the algorithms. and And I had a show called The Hustle Zone, which was mainly for, um, which was mainly for um, uh, entrepreneurship, and because I was a marketer, internet marketer. Uh, the algorithms kind of fished me out and, you know, we, all of us, all of us internet marketers started to see a decrease in our engagement and um, which I found was interesting. And I was trying to see how I can capitalize on Instagram, how I could use my video features, how I can use my video editing skill sets and how can I engage people on Instagram? So one of the most interesting things is that you know, my demographic at the time was, you know, white male between 35 to 45 or even, you know, older than that. They were entrepreneurs and they really liked the, the fact that it was called Hustle Zone. I know the word hustle to be, you know, something that I grew up with because I'm an MC and, you know, hustle is very much a, um, a hip hop word. And, you know, a lot of these guys, especially from Florida, love the word hustle because, you know, that's what Gary Vee uses. Gary Vee popularized the word um, to mean, you know, just getting that money. And um, so I had all these people in my lives exchanging information, et cetera. And it was it was great. And I would come in and I would motivate people. And maybe I've seen some of you guys in my life. I, I know I've seen Patricia. And I want to say hi to everybody in the room. Curtis, Kente, um, you know, all the people that I've known. Um, you, you guys know I've been doing this for quite some time. So, uh, yeah. Um, Leah's in the house. She says that I love IG, one of my favorite platforms for business. I've been, I've been hustling since birth. So I guess um, what was very interesting, and this is why I want to do this podcast. I did this podcast already. Um, I've, I, I did this podcast already with, um, uh, uh, with a, a, a specific group on Facebook, but I really want to share this information with you. So you guys are going to have to hear the long-winded presentation because it matters. Okay, you see, I'm going to teach you guys how to really elevate your profile on Instagram. It's not going to be for everybody. And, and some of the things that I'm going to say is going to be, um, it's going to let some people down and it's going to lift some people up. And I'll explain why I'm saying that in, in, a, in a bit. But I really wanted to capitalize on that group, the entrepreneur group. Uh, you know, these are the guys, I had 5,000 friends on my Facebook. I was probably getting maybe 10% to 20% yield um, of engagement. 
And when the, the algorithm started shifting, I started seeing less and less people show up on my lives. And I was really disappointed, but I was like, you know what? I told people two years ago or a year ago that I was going to get off the platform and go elsewhere. So I tried YouTube and I did very well on YouTube and I tried Periscope, didn't do well on that. And then I just, not that I discovered Instagram. I just wanted to see if I can gauge people on Instagram. And I started last February, I started doing some market research. Now I would recommend if you guys are before you even start marketing yourself on Instagram, get a load of your friends, look at what your friends are liking, because that was the one thing that I did is that I was, I noticed, and I never really noticed it before. Cause when you're on Instagram, it shows you who you like and, or sorry, who, sorry, it shows you what you're liking and who's liking your content. And then it shows what other people are liking. And that's a tab, like just if you click on your notifications on your phone, there's a tab that shows what your followers are doing and who you're following. I don't know if it's who you're following or what your followers are doing, but regardless, a lot of the people that I was following at the time with my Hustle Zone brand was the demographic, was white male, uh, 35 to 45. Uh, you know, they all were, you know, most of them were from Florida. Most of them like Grant Cardone, Gary Vee, a lot of these big motivational speakers. A lot of them were into coaching. A lot of them were into mindset coaching and, and, and whatnot. And I'm going to tell you, um, Hey Leah. And, uh, I was, I was, I'm going to tell you what I discovered with my market research, because I wanted to get a really good grasp of who these people were. And so I looked at what they were liking and that changed everything for me. It changed everything because anytime that I tried to advertise, actually pay for advertising, I never really got a high yield for my advertising. And I'm like, why, why, what's going on? How come I'm not like, I have a good large audience. I am targeting the right people. Um, a lot of them were Republicans. So I was really kind of seeing how I can, you know, you know, because I, my, my company, it's a um, hustle zone kind of derived from Bowtie Creative, which is a digital agency is the way that I was creating content. And I realized that these guys that were entrepreneurs were liking booty pictures, cars, money, anything to do with money. And on their profile, they were promoting positivity. They were promoting, it's all about the mindset. And if you would speak on my Facebook, if you would speak about, you know, anything happening in the news, if someone got shot or if, you know, if a, a black kid got shot, in, in my case, I would be, you know, that was around the time where people were being shot by the police. And when I would post stuff like that, you're being too negative, you know, you're being too negative. And so I was refraining from posting a lot of political stuff because that was really obviously was angering a certain demographic of people. And though that, that demographic was my audience. Um, and on, when you analyze what they post, their posts were about positivity was about business was about everything that you would think that someone would post of their nature. But when you looked at what they were actually liking, they were liking everything that money could buy.
They were liking the lifestyle. They wanted, you know, the 21 year old girl as their, their woman. And it was crazy. I was like, what? I was so disappointed to see this because, you know, you see what a person's profile is from what they're actually liking. It's two different things because as we, you know, and so I did further research and I realized, I realized that how someone per, per like social media is about self um, actualization and it's about self um, uh, there's a word for it. Uh, I, I forget the word right now. It's, I'm having a brain fog, but it's about, you know, it's about promoting self, what you like, what you don't like, you know, who you are and who you're not. And, you know, you're doing this on your timeline. And when you're not in a collaborative atmosphere like Blab or like this, this get vocal, then you are projecting yourself, your beliefs, what you think, what you don't think. And, you know, people, everyone knows. But then there is your anonymous profile. And the research kind of led me into watching how people interact, even with my content now. A lot of people on Instagram who give the most engagement a lot of the people are not known. Most of their, pro their profiles are private. Most of their profiles are private. They're anonymous because the opinions that people have to say, they don't want it to go back to their job that they're cussing Cardi B out or whatever it is. They don't want it to go back to the job that they're liking certain pictures so a lot of the things that we do on the internet, a lot of it is not seen. And I look at people's choices. I look at people's choices as, um, as outcomes. Because when you make a choice and when you make a decision to like something, to do something, um, that gives you a profile. And what the, the, what the search engines do and what these platforms do, because they can't predict the future, they need data to be able to assume what's going to happen next. So the more you click, the more you like, the more you do things on the net, the more it starts to understand who you are as an individual. So I was more interested in that data. And it was so interesting that the white 35 to 45-year-old man who was successful, who was a successful business person, wasn't liking Gary V, wasn't liking, um, wasn't liking uh, Grant Cardone. They were liking women. They were liking golf. They were liking activities. They were liking gossip. And it was like, boom, it was mind boggling. You know, me being a marketer, it was you know, it was like I was been sold the lie all this time. And so I really had to sit back and really think, well, I'm, I had to ask myself, I'm like, well, why is it? Why do they like these sort of things? And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That when you have a lot of money, you're not wanting to get coaching from anyone. You want to spend it. And I, I tell this story to everybody. It's that People, when they have the money, you you've, you probably heard people say, and tell me, folks, put a number one in the comments if you guys are getting me so far. 
put it number one. I want to hear, I want to, I want to see some response here. Um, and I'm going to be reading the, uh, the questions in a second, but what I realized is that, you know, when people have money, they want to spend it. And this was a realization that I had even years ago because um, I used to close business within my company at thousands of dollars. I used to close business that I never thought I would because I, I personally wouldn't buy it. I would, I, you know, at that time, I didn't have the money to buy a $10,000, $5,000 website. But here you had people buying these things because they saw the value and they had the money. So when you have money, you're, mo you're motivated on a whole different wavelength. You're motivated to do completely different things. And the last thing that you want to do is uh, sit down and listen to someone talk about, go get it, take action. You know, it's all about positivity. No, it was the very people that had the money that wanted the drama. It was the very people that wanted the gossip. It was the very people that just wanted to relax because you have to think when you're making all this money and you come home, the last thing you want to hear is someone talking about mindset. It was the people that didn't have the money that wanted to talk about mindset. It was the people that weren't, that were frustrated with where their life was, was heading. You know, whether they had money in their bank account or not, it was those people that were really engaging in the content. And what I found with them is that there's a difference. It's there, there's people that when they see someone that they really like, like myself, a presenter, you know, a live streamer, if they really liked you, they became a fan of yours. And if they were a fan of yours, they wanted to be you, you know? And that's the other distinction is that fans want to be you. And if fans can't be you, they'll remain fans. If they can be you, they start their own platform. Because when I started with the Hustle Zone, I had a lot of people, um, I had a lot of people promoting, oh, we have uh, my dog here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what's wrong? I know your mom left. So either way, uh, come, 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 come. Let's come here. No, she doesn't want to have me right now. So either way, you guys are going to have to excuse my dog. You know, I thought my girlfriend was going to take her, but she didn't. Uh, but I guess my last point was that... Um, I lost my train of thought, but I, I think I was talking about um, when it comes to coaching and motivation, most people don't want to, um, you know, if you're not in a good place, that's where you get the motivation. And then when you're in a good place, you want to spend your money. And then that's when my brand started to change. That's when I started to kind of clue in to what social media wants. So one of the first takeaways that I, um, that I, one of the first takeaways that I, uh, that I kind of came to a conclusion with was, and I had to come to terms with it, was that what goes viral and what is considered good content is stuff that is very generic and very, broad and very relatable on many scales, right? What we thought, what we think is good content is not necessarily what we're giving 
to the interwebs. You know, and I wanted to, I, I had to look at the, I had to look at the terms and conditions of Instagram. I looked at the terms and conditions on Facebook and I realized they said they wanted, they wanted meaningful exchange with community members. They wanted you to be, to, to provide content that was meaningful. And I was asking myself, what does meaningful mean? And when you look at what is actually popular on YouTube, on, on Facebook and on Instagram, it's a lot of things that, especially for us internet marketers, it's a lot of things that we would never post. We wouldn't like, for example, Facebook, if you analyze it, the things that go viral is either someone in the ghetto doing something really funny, you know, someone doing a hat trick or some, or not even a hat trick, but doing skateboard tricks, falling on their, on their behind. Um, you know, a lot of these, the, a lot of the videos that were going viral were very short informational videos, but they were very, they, it, it had the ag exaggeration effect that it was just larger than life. And when you looked at entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurs that were seen were the ones that actually had the money. The rest of the people that didn't have the money didn't get as much views as the Grant Cardones, as the Gary V's, as the people that actually had all the Lamborghinis. So it was just this exaggeration effect. And that's what worked with Facebook. What worked on what what worked on YouTube was, you know, it was kids, kids and having drama with other kids. Right now, uh, YouTube is being consumed with um with a lot of drama with Logan Paul, Jake Paul, a lot of these internet influencers, but they're young, they're in their twenties and they're going back and forth or they're gaming or it's about music, but nothing to do with entrepreneur content. And so the conclusion was that I need to be marketing in those head spaces rather than doing very like, and mind you, I'm going to get into it. But I just kind of give you an overall broad view of where things are, are going. It's that when it comes to content marketing, if you want to gain the followers, you first have to, um, you, you first have to create content that is broad and get into the content spaces where there's broad information. So if it is, I'm not saying to go, you have to put, content up in the booty section of the Instagram. That's not what I'm saying, but you ought to think in that line of thinking, not saying that sex sells, but you just have to understand that what each platform provides is that there's always a conversation. There's always, I would call it a water cooler in every social media platform. You have to be able to find that water cooler, get the people's attention and then bring them down to your level. Hey, so this is my puppy. Uh, she wanted to be on camera, apparently. Say hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. So she's a miniature pincher, so I thought I would uh, just pick her up. I'm going to rub her belly because she likes that. But uh, <laughs> um, but either way, so that's the point, is that you want to get into those headspaces. So um, I'm going to break it down to you on how you're going to capitalize on any social media platform based on my research. And you're going to find, like, I was able to apply this to YouTube. 
I made like nearly $2,000 on YouTube in the last several months. Um, I had to take my content down, mind you. I had to do um, uh, rearranging. But I, I got over 34 million views on YouTube within a two-month span. I've started three accounts for Hustle Zone TV on Instagram. And I had two accounts. I, the third account is on its way to 2,000 um, views. I got 1,000 followers just yesterday. Let me say that again. I had a thousand followers just yesterday. And I had two other accounts that got over 5,000 um, views. So I had 5,300 on one account and then I had 5,500 on another account. And this is not by chance. This is not by luck. This was by stumbling across what people were, what rich men were liking. And Put a number one, put a number one. If you feel what I'm saying so far, if I, I know I rambled, but I really need to give you guys the backstory, uh, put a number one, put a number one. Um, it was interesting. What white men were liking led me down to my new demographic, which was, and let me tell you, this will blow your mind. If you want to capitalize on Instagram, the number one demographic that you want to capitalize on is African-American women between the ages of 25 to 35 and 35 to 45. How the hell? How the hell did I get from white men between 35 to 45 to black women who were between 25 to 45. They were liking the same things in the same categories. And that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, sorry, I'm just doing the presentation right now. I don't know if we can lock these seats, but um, that was, it was the, it, I, I don't know how, those were related, but they were related because they were talking about the same things. But where, what I found in my research is that African-Americans, especially African-American women, were dictating popular culture. And that was insane. That was mind-boggling. And because of the African-American population on Instagram, and if you do the research, I actually did the research, they are the number one group on Instagram. They're the ones starting the conversation. And it's not just about, you know, someone, you know, not about just gossip and, you know, booty pictures or whatever it was that, you know, was dominating these discussions. It was everything. What I thought originally it was about, maybe I should just make this into a viral video kind of, you know, make Hustle Zone into a viral video sort of platform. But what I realized, it was African-American women that were discussing every matter. If it was politics, they were there. If it was, you know, drama, it was there. If it was fights, fight videos, they were there. And I was like, whoa. And I'm going to show you guys some stuff today, and I hope, I hope you guys, uh, like, again, I told you guys from the jump that a lot of people are not going to like what I'm going to say because it's the truth. 
And a lot, of, a lot of people don't want to hear what I have to say because they want to believe, most people on social media want to believe that social media, anyone can come. But what if I told you that social media platforms sometimes are predetermined? You know, the success on social media is predetermined because these platforms know where they're getting their engagements from and they cater to um, to those specific um, demographics. So a lot of people are spending a lot of time on social media uploading content and not even doing the market research, not even looking for where the water cooler is. And that was the one functional distinction that I that I kind of figured out was that before you start actually putting your resources into your marketing campaigns, before you start doing that, you ought to find the water cooler because that water cooler has every person there. And if you want to see if your content actually works, if you really want to see if your content works, then you ought to find the, the group of people first right? You ought to find the people first because then you'll know because a lot of us are spending a lot of time on social media, uploading content that is not relevant and therefore it's not working for us. So, you know, what is SEO? And I'm going to bring this in to the conversation, you know, search engine optimization is, um, is what we're doing on all these platforms because we want to be discovered, but it's the art of getting free traffic. It's the art of finding organic traffic. So instead of paying for, instead of paying for traffic, Malcolm, yeah. get Penny for me, please. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. It's the art of getting free traffic. And a lot of us, a lot of us don't really understand that fact, right? We kind of think we all know what organic um, we all know what organic traffic is, but what we're actually asking for is we're asking for free content. We're asking for the search engines to pay for our livelihood without us paying a dime for advertising. So you're always going to have that wall between you and social media because their algorithms trying to work against you so that you're not seen that you spend a lot of time on their platform looking at their ads. And they also want to motivate you. If you use specific keywords, they want to actually motivate you to use their ad platforms. For me, I specialize in getting organic traffic. So I'm always going to find the water cooler first before I start implementing. And if anyone knows me personally, you'll know that I don't really do a lot until I know I got the water cooler. Until I know I got the audience, then I'm like, bam, 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 bam. Because, you know, I don't want to spend all my money and my resources and my time in an, in an area where I don't think it's going to be consistent because you got to think a lot of people are basing their livelihoods on social media marketing. So if you're not locating the water cooler, then you're not going to get the water. Right. And, and I mean, like you're not going to get the water, you're not going to get, and, and the water in itself has a filter, but you got to be there to be filtered as opposed to being on the outside of the water cooler, because you're always going to get lower impressions as you go about. What are search fundamentals? 
Search fundamentals go like this. Your content needs to be relevant. Your content needs to be popular. You have to also optimize your, um, your, your content. And then, then you want to take people to your funnels. But, you know, in the, in the, in, in the scenario that I gave you guys earlier is that, you know, a lot of us think we're relevant, but relevancy and relatability matters to whom? Who does it matter to? When we're saying related to or relevant to, who are we saying that to? Who is that in comparison to? In this case on Instagram, it's African-American women. Your relevancy matters to that demographic. And if you're not really thinking about African-American women on Instagram, then you're not really cluing into the power of Instagram and you'll never get to that water cooler. So there are specific hashtags that get you large impressions and then there's hashtags that don't legit that don't get you anything. They e they're even blocking hashtags, but the hashtags related to what uh, uh, African American women want to see, that's what you should be putting into your posts so that you can get the large group of people. And you'd be surprised what those hashtags would be. What hashtags would I choose? Well, I was thinking love, Instapick, Instaviews, or like whatever pick of the day, and all of those don't get anything. It's literally you get nothing. But African Americans are part of a culture and if they're part of a culture, then who are their cultural leaders? Who are who dictates cultures? Well, we talk about trends. What is trends? Every every when you say something is a trend, everybody else must be doing it, must be listening to it, must be you know um, buying it. That's a trend. But when we're talking about culture and community, who are the cultural leaders that are dictating culture? And let me tell you, who's the number one influencer on Instagram right now? One of the number one, excluding Kylie Jenner and Kim Kardashian, because you would think that they are leading in that. But what gets me a lot of impression on my content is Cardi B. Cardi B. Yes. Cardi B, she is the cultural influencer. And, you know, and at the time, if you guys know of a rapper by the name of Takashi 69 he was a Mexican kid, 20 years old. He's now incarcerated, but he was the second person that was the most influential person on Instagram, according to my data. And who was liking the content? It wasn't young men. It wasn't old men. It was 54% of anyone that was engaging any of the test content that I was putting up. 54% was African-American women from the age bracket of 34 to 44. And you're like, what? What, what, what? What? How does this happen? How is it that 
older women are interested in the fairs of young people because maybe young people are the ones that are giving away all the goods. Maybe young people are the ones that are telling about their personal life. Cardi B was known for telling, she even does it now. She tells her personal business and everybody's out there giving their two cents, their opinions, liking the content and dictating culture. Most of the trends, the dances, the people that go viral or get famous are famous because of this specific demographic. Again, this was based off of my research. You have to do your own research. But what I'm saying is that the African-American women are the water cooler of Instagram. And I'm going to... I'm going and I'm going to now prove this data. I'm going to show you guys my screen and I'm going to show you exactly how you know we have to understand first and foremost. I don't know if I have enough time, but we have to understand that Instagram is a graph. Facebook is on the system called Open Graph. So everybody's kind of linked to everybody. So you have um, you know, Cardi B, she's related to this person, that person, that person, that person's related to that person, that person, that person. And all these relationships, all of these um, these connections kind of build a profile of the individual. So when I started these Hustle Zone accounts, I removed all the individuals that I knew because they were messing up with my algorithms. When I stopped following my friends and started following Cardi B's and, and those people, then my impressions got larger because it's all about relationships. Whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on Instagram, they both kind of work the same way. It's all based on relationships that you have with other people, but it's about connections. Connections are outcomes and connections can be measured. So they have specific profiles on Cardi B. They have specific profiles on Takashi 69 They have specific profiles on um, Ariana Grande, of people that are related to them. So what I did, my technique was to use their names as hashtags. And every time I used their names as hashtags, I got large impressions because it built a profile of the content that I was promoting. It said, well, this is, okay, this has Cardi B tags, so this must be for a certain demographic of person. What I realized in this research is that People dictate trends. Trends don't dictate trends. You can't follow a trend. You have to follow people of the specific communities to be able to tap in to the trends. And I'm going to prove this right now. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. So don't mind me. I'm going to, uh, let's see here. I'm going to do a window capture. I'm not taking any guests right now um, just because I only got 20 more minutes. So um, don't you think you're oversimplifying it a little bit? <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not. No, that's pretty okay. interesting. I, I never heard of it that way. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it, it, I'm dyslexic. I look at things completely different. And I think that that's kind of what leads me down these, uh, these paths because I don't ever intend on ever finding stuff like this, but this is kind of what, um, what comes up. Um, but just one second, one second here. I'm going to just show you guys here. I'm going to display the content. 
Uh, okay. So please put a number one if you guys see this. I see your Google search page. Okay. So we're going to go to Instagram. And I was able to discover... Uh, I was able to discover the relationships. It's right on their website. So um, <laughs> hold on one second here. Let's. I'm just going to expand this yeah, a little bit. A picture of apple pie and put it on. Put uh, hashtag Cardi B. <laughs> no, you could just put uh, <laughs> hashtag Cardi B eats apple pie. Then that would blow up. <laughs> Right? Is that how you would have yeah. to do that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so su suggested profiles uh, directory. Um, I am Cardi B. You can see as uh, she is uh, related to uh, Brett Man Rock. She's related to T.I. She's related to Lele Poons. And she's related to Kylie Jenner. Okay? So these are all people that are getting majority of the impressions on Instagram. So if you're not including these people and what they're into, the brands that they like, in your hashtag research, then you're not gonna get the impressions that you ought to get. And I'm gonna prove this case in point. Let's look up Hustle Zone. I want you guys to see what I did last night. Look how many views that I got on this one. I got 2,500 views using the hashtags of popular celebrities that are related to each other just to prove to you that this works. Every time I post, I get, look at this video. I posted this yesterday, got 60,000 views. Hi. Whoa. Hi there. And this got 60,000 views. And guess how many likes I got last night? I got 5,700 likes. So it, it, it goes to, I'm going to have to ask you guys to mute um, just for a few seconds. I posted this about Little Wayne yesterday. This got 1,400 likes. Using the same, using the strategy that I've been using. And it's crazy that all that, how the pathway to how I got to where I got to started with white Republicans. Because whatever the white Republicans were liking, African American women were liking. And, but African American women were the larger demographic group that I started to see a trend. They were the most people actually, you know, the white guys were liking the content, but it was the African-American women that were commenting, that were liking, that were subscribing, that were following. And that's kind of how I built, how I, how the, the brand, how Hustle Zone changed, you know? And then what I learned with, what I learned with, I did, I applied the same strategy on YouTube but it wasn't African-American women that were dominating YouTube. It was young, white, 15-year-old boys and girls that were dictating culture on YouTube. 
So it was a completely different thing. If I talked about Jake Paul, for example, then I got tons of views. If I had really stupid viral videos, which I got like 2 million on one video, just a stupid viral video that I would never post ever, but I just did it as a test. And that got me 3.4 million views, got me a paycheck. I, I paid my bills for two months with YouTube. So I'm saying this all to say that you need to find the water cooler before you start ever. You need to incorporate the water cooler in your social media marketing strategy at all times. Because it's the water cooler where YouTube, Facebook, and everyone is pouring all of their resources into. Your entrepreneur content, you know, yes, you may want to get a lot of views for that, but chances are you're not going to get it. And I'll tell you why. Because there are, and I, I, I'm going to close this conversation and I'll be open in a few minutes for questions. If you're, if you, you're coming with an, a, I would call that an offensive strategy because you're on the offense, you're punching, you know, and you're not defending, you're not defending. You, you ought to take a more defensive approach and look at what, who is already there, who's already successful and model what they're doing to get any impressions. Because the thing is that person that you're modeling already has the impressions and it's impressions go into stages, right? I'm not saying for you guys to use the hashtag Cardi B at the very beginning uh, uh, for the rest of your life. What I'm saying is that in order to get the impressions, to get the people viewing your content, you got to be more broad and more, and, and you have to be tailored to the audience that's dominating that social media platform. And anyone that knows marketing, anyone that knows marketing, there is what we call a product cycle. Um, how many of you guys have heard of the product life uh, product cycle or product product life cycle? I'm going to share this diagram with you to kind of give you a better understanding of how this all works so that you understand you guys can't just copy hustle zone TV. You can't just copy Kim Kardashian social media techniques. You ought to understand where you are at in the product life cycle. So I'm going to put it right here. So tell me if you guys can see this. Hold on one second here. So when you start at the product life cycle, you're at the introduction stage. At the introduction stage, this is when no one's watching you, but you can do whatever you want to do because you don't have an audience yet. So this is the time where you use those broader hashtags where you're not so specific, where you are, you know, incorporating Cardi B in your marketing techniques, for example, on Instagram, because you're going to get, you're going to bump yourself to the next stage. You see this line here, the line or the curve line is, is uh, followers. And you guys can adopt this theory to any Instagrammer. If you follow them, you can see their beginning, their rise and their fall. Every one of their beginnings were more hashtag heavy. But as you grew in the impressions, as you grew with more loyal followers, you got to the point where you got to the, the uh, maturity part of 
of the life cycle. And that's when you can't get any more subscribers. No matter what you do, you can't get any more followers. You know, you're, you're capped. So that's when you start putting content that you like. That's when you start putting your business content. That's when you start being more specific and start using the hashtags that you want. But when you're at the introduction stage of your marketing, you ought to be using more broader hashtags. And as time goes on, then you use it less and less. And then when you're no longer relevant, you're going to start to see a decline in your social media. People are going to unfollow you. I've had that happen to me where I just, whatever I did, just made people want to unfollow me or ignore me. And that's when you start becoming more aggressive with your marketing techniques and your tactics. But when you're at the introductory stage, you're not, you should not ever, and I'll tell you this, you should not be, you should not be copying someone in the maturity the maturity stage because the reason why you shouldn't be copying them is because they don't need to use hashtags. They don't need to have popping content. They already have the followers. They don't really need to be as hungry as you are. And you ought to be more aggressive if you are lacking the viewership because you have to think. You have to think for the most part that... Uh, you have to think that there's 700 million people on Instagram. And if you only have 200 people following you and only 10 people or five people liking your content, you're not using Instagram effectively. And that's the sad part. That's the part where I said, you're not going to like me is that if, and, and, and if you're making yourself believe that, Instagram is not predetermined. You're making yourself believe that, oh, I'll get there one day. You're sipping on too much um, and you ought to um, you ought to wake up and, and realize that you know marketing applies. Just because the internet is free, just because it's open and we can all test, it doesn't mean that we that marketing rules and laws, things that you would learn in marketing school don't apply on Instagram because that product life cycle, you are the product. Your content is the product, whether it's for free or not. So finding the water cooler, finding, finding the water cooler will always get you the water. So everybody repeat it. Finding the water cooler will always get you the water. Facebook is different. Facebook has a different community. But even when you guys are advertising, just remember, advertise to the water cooler that so you can get the impressions. And when you get the impressions, then start filtering your approach. So over time, you don't want to start and end the water cooler approach. You want to start with the water cooler approach because you need to find the water. Right. So it's like a big mountain. If you start chipping away at the mountain and a whole water, a lot of water gushes out of that water or out of that mountain. You need to build a dam to control the flood. Right. So over time, you should be incorporating more of the content that you want people to see and not starting from abroad. Because the way I started Hustle Zone, I started from abroad. I started with a very specific approach. And that's why I didn't get the impressions. And that's why people didn't, I, my stuff didn't move. But overnight, I made $2,000. And 
from Google, nearly $2,000 in Google, because I live in Canada, so $1,600 is like two grand over here, right? It was kind of like, uh, you know, I, I made a lot of inway, and I've been getting so much data. It's not even funny. I test people. I'm like, what, well, do you like this? Do you like this outfit? Because marketers love that kind of data. So it's been, I've been, I'm rich. I'm rich in followers. I'm rich. I get more engagement than Kim Kardashian. Let me say that again. I get more engagement than Kim Kardashian because out of all of her followers, she gets about a 5% yield. I get 22% on a lot of my videos or more over and above the followers that I had. Just a couple of days ago, I had about 100 followers. I grew my followers on my new Hustle Zone account from 100 in two weeks to 1,600 followers. And they don't go. They're not bots. They stay because you know why? They're African-American women that want to know about Cardi B and 6 ix drama. And that's the unfortunate part. Because we don't want to believe that that's what's dominating our culture. That's what's dominating the discussions. But they are. So you ought to incorporate what is relevant. And you ought to survey the land. If you ever read Sun Tzu, The Art of War, you ought to survey the land first before you start implementing your marketing strategies. Folks, I gave you so much tidbits. I gave you so much If you guys want a 15-minute consultation, please give me a call. I'd be happy to analyze what you guys are doing. Please jot down that number, 15-minute consultation. And remember what search fundamentals are. We said, you know, to search engine is the art of getting free traffic. The search fundamentals are as follows. You have to be relevant. And your post needs to get a lot of clicks and a lot of views. That's the popularity aspect of it. Then there's optimization. And then there's the funnel, getting people to the place where you want to do um, your stuff. What's relevant? Relevant is how close is the search engine's results in, uh, to looking for what I'm looking for. And when we're talking about relevancy, relevant to whom? Relevant to who, what, wherever the water cooler is. You ought to find the water cooler first before you start putting all your resources into YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. There, it may seem very diverse, but the group of people are very specific. And the, the, the large groups of people is where what you should be catering to. Because if they really, you know, the Ty Lopez's, Ty Lopez advertises on YouTube. Malcolm, get penny piece. Yeah. Ty Lopez advertises to whom? He as advertises to 15-year-old white kids that want to make money. 18-year-old white kids that want to make money. Right? That's his demographic. And that's the demographic on YouTube. Tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm open to I got four minutes. I'm open to your questions. Um, I know I gave you guys a lot of information. And I know I ramble. But um, uh, I'd be happy to take a seat if you like.
actually we have to close okay we got we have to close it's four minutes to the next show thank you guys so much um and i hope you guys got a lot of info from this and remember to 